2024. Yeah, Don't think about that. Oh, you got to think about Set the tone. shows again? But <laughs> no. I can restart, I guess. I can restart now. If you want me to. I'm good. I don't mind. Hmm. Chris does, though. <laughs> yeah, his name's on it. I'm just some guy. Yeah, no, some you're dude. the guy, Nate. You are the guy as we take you up to 2 p.m. And it is time. Hmm. For our Truck Smart Drive yes. of the week, brought to you by Truck Smart, your premium retailer and installer of truck and SUV accessories for over 30 years. Your trucks, gonna love them. Oh, yeah, it's gonna love it. It's gonna love them. Uh, this week, we actually have a theme. Uh, I think this is the first time we've done Truck Smart and actually don't have a Niner uh, clip involved. It was just a, a pretty easy win. No, no real high stakes drives yeah. for the Niners. So, couldn't really shoehorn any in. Uh, but there is a theme this week, and that is game winners. Or at least we thought. Mm. Uh, and, and of course, when for everybody who, who tuned in, we're going to start with the uh, highest profile of all of those from this weekend. And that was the Detroit Lions taking on the Dallas Cowboys, two of the top teams in the NFC. And, uh, I mean, the Cowboys, to their credit, you know, they played really well. They had the 20-13 to 13 lead. And, uh, and then the Lions found a, uh, a touchdown drive in the last moments of the game. And, you know... They, they went for broke. They said, forget it. You know, we're, we're in this situation down one right now. We could kick the field goal, go to X overtime. But uh, instead, they decided to go for two. And here's how it sounded. Play action. End zone. There it is. Oh, 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 Joe Buck got a little excited there. Uh, but it was an exciting play. So it makes sense. And uh, the Detroit Lions win that game easy. And uh, they're, the, oh, actually, that's. Not at all what happened, because as Nate said, uh, Nate didn't learn until later that day because he was watching the game without sound, but controversy ensues. Apparently, uh, the the Lions didn't check with the line judge to make sure that you know the, the tackle was eligible, so they then have to uh, replay the uh, two-point conversion, and uh, this is how that went. Goff gets rid of it. Incomplete! Mm. And now the Cowboys... Maintain their lead. Oh, boy. Is the NFL rigged? I don't know. But that definitely was not a good look uh, for anybody, really, on Sunday. Not great. No, it wasn't. And then you see the video of three linemen with number 68 talking to the ref. and the I think Jared Goff even sent him over. Right, Jared Goff sent him over. I don't know how you get – they can't keep getting away with this. Well, Jerry Jones can. (laughs) Jerry Jones can. He called it in. He said, yeah, "Yeah, we got to – Buffalo Wild Wings. He was like, no, 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 no. We're going to have to redo that one. Yeah, we're we're going to need a replay. That was a bad look. It's not great. It's really not great. And, uh, you know, even me as a as an NFC North supporter, uh, even I would, would hate to see, you know, the Lions have been a really good story this year. It's finally happening for them after uh, after just years of wallowing around in sadness. They're a legitimate NFC, uh, NFC uh, contender and uh, – to have that game kind of ripped away from them kind of sucks because if I'm not mistaken, that that could have given them uh, at least a couple home home field games in, in Detroit. And now I think the Cowboys hold uh, hold that number two seed. So uh, not only that, they'd be in contention for the one seed right now. With Would the they Niners. really? I guess yeah. so, right? Yeah. So wow. the only the tiebreaker the Niners have over them is the conference seven right, and three the versus nine and one ahead. or whatever. So. Mm. Interesting. Well, that so has a lot Niners of ramifications. Would have had to. Would have had to win. I think. Yes. Right. right. They would or, have had to beat the Rams. Yeah. 
Yeah. But so, they still lived it. Yeah. Not great. Shoulda, I mean, coulda. Yeah, shoulda, coulda, which is, again, the theme of this week. Uh, this one is a actual game winner uh, coming from uh, Philadelphia. The unexpected uh, Arizona Cardinals make a trip into Philly. What? And absolutely don't disappoint. I mean, you could argue that the, the Cardinals just went in there and absolutely dominated the Eagles. I think they had uh, they, they dominated the, the time of possession. You look at the rush yards, just absolutely dominated them in that facet. And uh, even still, as the Eagles have done all season long, made it a really close game. Had to come down to uh, one final drive with the Cardinals driving uh, with under a minute to go. They give the ball to James Conner. Here's how it sounded. On second and goal, Connor again, nose down, he's in for the Cardinal touchdown! Arizona takes the lead with 32 seconds left. It's just absolutely yeah. insane. Boo birds were out. <laughs> it should be. That's the Cardinals' out. fourth win of yeah. the season. They moved to four and twelve. It's only their second road win of the year. And uh, yeah, I mean that that just capped off a seven play, seventy yard drive with, uh, and it only took them two minutes. They they just again they they handed it to the Eagles. As crazy as it is, I'm looking at the total yards. Arizona four forty nine, Philadelphia two seventy five. My goodness. Not great. We're gonna have to ask our guy Draper about uh, how's he, how he's feeling about the uh, his Eagles these days. It can't be good. Can't be great. It, it can't. It can't be good. Can't be great. And to wrap up the woulda, coulda, shoulda weekend that was. How about this one? This one flew under my radar. Actually, didn't see this until yesterday. Saw the highlight of it uh, as we we were talking about the Rams earlier. The Rams did clinch a playoff spot uh, with the win. However, it got a little bit dicey there uh, as the uh, the Rams kicked the ball over to the or to the Giants with about three minutes left mm-hmm. and a and a one score lead. And then exactly what you don't want to happen happens. And uh, here's how that sounded. I think Martindale again. Marcheski from the six-yard line has a little bit of room in front of him out to the 20 and going to be breaking tackles. He's still on his feet. Marcheski looked like he was going down and he may take it all the way. Marcheski to the house. No flags. Wow. And that made it a one-point game again with like three and a half minutes to go. Giants have had a super disappointing season after making the playoffs last year. Finally get something good to go for them. And you know what? Again, they they make the similar decision that Dan Campbell made. They said, you know what? Let's. I think they got a uh, an offsides on the on the uh, extra point attempt. They said, forget it. We're we're in this situation. We ain't got nothing to lose. Let's go for two. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It almost worked out. Almost. Here's how. Here's the momentum. Taylor the throw. Barkley's open. Oh! Barkley was wide open. It was going to be a walk-in two, and Taylor can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. Just, you know, just because it's the drive of the week doesn't mean it has to be a positive one. Tyrod. Our guy, Tyrod. He played so well. He had... He had, like, the nicest deep ball I think I saw all weekend. Oh, yeah, that was clean. It was sick. I mean, he threw it on a dime. Uh, and literally, I mean, if you if you haven't seen the play yet, you should watch this two-point conversion. I mean, Saquon could – Tyrod Taylor, honestly, maybe could have walked into the end zone, decided to kind of shovel pass it to Saquon, and just threw it, like, two steps behind him. 
and that's how you lose. That's how you lose the game. Uh, hate to see it for the. Uh, I hate to see it for the Giants. And uh, yeah, like I said, it pretty much ended up clinching the Rams a playoff spot. Uh, so definitely a, a big swing of events there, and uh, just a big woulda, coulda, shoulda of a of a weekend. Wow. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know if we uh, are we feeling anything any any of those drives feel worse. I guess this week is a is a weird one where it's like which which one was the worst? Right, right. Well, the. The Joe Buck one where his He got voice, real excited. Yeah, yeah. Ah, hey. Yeah, yeah. I'll probably go with, with that one. Let's uh let's just double check that real quick. Yeah, let's go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is, man. Oh my gosh. Troy was probably like, bro, why yeah. relax, okay? This is the Cowboys are my squad, all right? Relax with that. Didn't it they is. honor Excitement they level. had the Jimmy Johnson thing at halftime they too did. in that mm-hmm. game? Yeah. A real emotional game. Yeah. Very emotional game. There another reason why Especially with the back and forth between yeah. Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, Jerry wasn't losing that game in front of new, with new with, J- with Jimmy in there. Oh, there like, it is! <laughs> so that's my pick. All right, I'm gonna go James Conner. I mean, the Eagles mm-hmm. losing is just absolutely embarrassing. James Conner had a really good post game mm-hmm. uh, interview as well. I'm I'm gonna give it to James Conner. Yeah, I like that one as well. We want to hear it again, Nate. You got it. Yeah, I like that one too, and I think the Niners players really liked it as yeah, well. Yeah, they loved they it. Were they were watching it. Oh, that, that was yeah. such a great clip. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Kyle Juszczyk was going crazy. On second and goal, Connor again, nose down, he's in for the Cardinal yeah. touchdown. Arizona takes the lead with the 32 seconds left. Just have some pride. Boozer are wild. I mean, Sirianni, he. He just doesn't seem to be an X to the nose guy. He yelled at the Chiefs crowd that one week, and it's been all bad ever since. You know, he can get you riled up, and I'm sure players like him. But sure. or, or I don't know if it's a personnel. I don't know what it is, but it's not a good look. It's I think, not great. I don't think they'll get rid of him. But can I ask you guys a? Uh, this is definitely not on the rundown, and I don't know if anyone's even going to talk about it today. But it's it's a conversation that's gone on in our Kings media, but also I think in media in general, when we talk in old and new media, the video of the, the Niners finding or watching that, mm-hmm. that Eagles game and the end of it, it was on Mike Silver, who's, you know, been with the mm-hmm. written for the NFL and now writes uh, for, for the Chronicle. Do you guys have an issue with that? Like, I, I think there was a bit of, oh, this looks a little fanny. Like, should a should a journalist, should a media member be, you know, I think like, I think when the Cardinals celebrated, Mike Silver might have dapped up Debo or like hit him on the back or were something. Were they watching it? Because I saw, were they watching it with him? They watched, it was Kittle. Uh, Someone's watching on the phone, Debo right? Yeah. And, yeah. and then they it might have been Ayuk as well. Yeah, they watched it outside of the locker room yeah. on Mike Silver's phone, right. and then there was a TV yeah, I saw TV. in the uh, in the uh, uh, who did they play uh, uh, the opposing locker room Washington Washington yeah, yeah. It's it was a small TV really too, like an old like we're gonna yeah. roll out the uh, the cart TV not surprising no I don't think I have a problem with it I thought it was a straight and I thought it was a cool. unique look I thought it was cool but I also could see how you know. People are going to – and I, I think I even saw Mike Silver put out a tweet that said, you know, normally don't have rooting interest, but selfishly even I'll have to admit, like, I'm rooting for the Niners to to make it far because that means – I mean, I would assume he's just more so thinking for himself, I don't have to leave my family now. Like, the, all the yeah. games are going to be in Santa Clara. I won't have to travel. And, and he's with the SF – yeah, he's with the SF Chronicle. So, 
I think it might have been different if you're a national person. Sure. But you're with the SF Chronicle. These guys know you. You're probably in every media room. So yeah. he writes about the team all the time. So for him, I don't think I don't think it's a bad look. If That's it was cool. a national guy or a national person that, you know, I don't know. Because if it was just a sideline, it wouldn't be a sideline reporter. But I'm just trying to think of a another situation well, they have like personal relationships too i mean like look yeah. last week frankie mike brown was making fun of frankie right. or whatever is for his, his tweets right is is mike silver's job to be the would not being i guess you have to be objective it kind of becomes right? the yeah. what is a journalist converse like what is it does journalism have to be a hundred percent unbiased and like is this breaching on some sort of journalistic integrity it's entertainment now. and i will say i want to get mike silver's exact tweet here he says full disclosure and this is a a quote tweet of the video of him watching the game with debo kittle um Ayuk's there and i think cmc's in the back he says full disclosure for very selfish reasons i too wanted the niners to get a first round bye i don't root for nfl teams but i do sometimes root for moments this was a fun one and it is really cool. I mean, again, Mike Silver is like an NFL lifer. Like, mm-hmm. he's the type of dude you watch, you know, the NFL top 10 countdowns of right. best Super Bowl moments. Mike Silver is going to be in a handful of those episodes. Like, this is a dude who's definitely paid his worth. I don't think there's any questioning, you know, the level of journalist or his integrity at all. I think it's just an interesting kind of like, I mean, we we talk a lot about a, I, we won't throw names, but a, a specific big national writer who is with a big publication, mm-hmm. but does lean a lot of his coverage very pro Niners? Like, is it a different conversation if it's if it's him instead of Mike Silver? And and I mean, does it does any of this even matter? Because like Nate said, there are real relationships involved with media, players, coaches, all that stuff. That you know, I don't necessarily think everything has to equal. Look what a big fan this guy's being right now. I have less of a problem in this situation than I do with some of these guys taking it more so to basketball with the how everybody wants to break these stories and how mm-hmm. you'll have people that are kind of connected to clutch but they're national right. people so they put out they're able to put out certain stories and put a certain spin on those stories I think that's way worse than celebrating with um, the the team, team for this, the, yeah, for the team you cover. Like yeah. these guys are supposed to be these other guys that I'm talking about. They're supposed to be national writers, right? right? And national like personalities, completely unbiased, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It but makes it's sense like, if you know a guy from whatever. If if I'm trying to think of it, if Anthony Slater mm-hmm. has a positive Warriors, like that makes sense. That but makes it more shouldn't sense. Be, yeah, you know, yeah, you shouldn't have your woes, your newsbreakers right. of the world having any sort of bias. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, I could see why a lot of people be have feelings about it, but ultimately, I think that if you want these people to to look like humans sometimes and to appreciate yeah. them as humans, you're gonna have to have both of that yeah all right got to get to a break when we get back we are talking about the kings trying to do work for the first time and win both games of their back-to-back we'll also talk a little bit of bowl games and get your thoughts did you care did you watch this weekend is college football in a good spot or is it in a bad one styles and watkins sacktown sports you never know what you might hear when listening to a Sacramento Kings game. Out of Keegan, going for another triple. Man, is he feeling it. Keegan, can he do it? Yes, there's number 11, Keegan Murray. Keegan steps back, 
He just knocked down his 12th three-pointer, a Kings franchise record. He's got 45 points. Never miss a moment of Sacramento Kings basketball with Sacktown Sports and the Sacktown Sports app. Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. Clutch Points is reporting DeJounte Murray will be in trade talks. Also reporting that, and we knew this was going to happen because I think it was a certain time frame and once they passed that time frame, his name would come up. Kyle Kuzma's name. And there is a report from Clutch Points that Kyle Kuzma will be made available, hmm. which is another... You know what? Can I say something? Because we get on Micah Parsons a lot, and he has... I, I don't... Kyle Kuzma might randomly not have a podcast. I don't, I don't think, think I've does. seen one, which is surprising. But, dude, put down the phone. I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time, too, but can you stop tweeting for two seconds? The guy doesn't stop. He does not stop. Was was there something else besides the Pistons thing? The the Pistons thing the other day was so stupid. It was so bad. It was so bad. It's like, bro, come on. And it's like everybody is roasting Devin Booker for his shoes that that. don't look great. And, And Kuzma just tweets... Book got the hardest shoes out. Just stop. Just stop. Just stop, brother. Just just take a breather. Just worry about winning a game. Yeah, for Rap, sure. You know, December 30th. Raptors went crazy. I like that. He just tweets all the time. <laughs> so he's ready for his post-career life is what I'm hearing. But he's, he's I, a but podcast he without a podcast. Right, but he doesn't have... He doesn't have a pod, it doesn't seem like. No, I don't think so. You know, he's just tweeting all the time. So now I'm imagining that on the Kings, and I just don't <laughs> yeah. think it's a good you – know You know when your experience is right and the job makes sense, and then they come back and say, yeah, I just don't know if it's a good culture fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that Kyle Kuzma is a good culture fit for the Kings. It's interesting, especially, I mean, if you're talking about – replacing Harrison Barnes with Kyle Kuzma like it is a pretty 180 when it comes to personalities right yeah that is a big difference it just kind of changes the complexion of things and I don't think you know Kuzma's not a by all intents and purposes here there we it doesn't seem like a bad dude he's not out clubbing or nothing like that he's just a dude who's really into fashion apparently and likes long sweaters right um the longest uh, yeah yeah him and Malik will have a great time just doing the the fashion shows or whatever um but yeah I mean it's it's an interesting fit I think you know he was somebody who was talked about a ton during the offseason I think it makes sense but again you know just like we were talking with the OG thing like is the 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 price that the Kings want to pay is that even a price that's realistic for other teams you know when you see RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly two actual impact players guys who are you know those are two of the top five or six players on the Knicks like what? What? What are you gonna? What are you gonna give up? Like, what, if you're the Kings again, like Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, who's struggling worse than he struggled his entire career, Davion Mitchell, who's got you know a, a foot out in Sacramento. It seems like how is that value? How is that enticing for Kyle Kuzma? What does that do for a Wizards team that has five wins this year? 
I, I don't think anything. I don't really think it does anything. And, you know, if you're the Wizards, you kind of want to start from scratch. And that's the thing about this Kings team being young-ish yeah. with the emphasis on the ish. Because Kevin Herter at 25, I mean. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You got he's a Maryland boy, so at least yeah, like there's, closer to true. home, I guess. But that's not, Harris, that's not you know, no, that's not that's, paying the bills. No, Harrison Barnes a bit older, but would it even be a waste of Harrison's talent because that Wizards team is what so is he going to do there? again? Yeah, what is he Harrison you Barnes? You need Harrison, do for right? That Harrison team. would be good on dare I say the Thunder. Yeah, somebody yeah. like that to hey, let's you know and. They they seem like they know what they're doing anyway, but sure. a team yeah. like that or the Rockets, I think or the somebody Bucks, like yeah. that. Rockets, absolutely. You know, the Wizards, Miami. no, no, not the Wizards, not a yeah. team that just. You Dare know, I make, say Orlando? Something Orlando like that. for sure could use some veteran. Yeah, like a, a place where he would play, but still be able to kind of be that that young veteran. Mm. The again, we joke the wear the suit guy, wear but the like suit guy. I do think that there's real value, especially for really, really young teams and mm. having that guy. I think, you know, a team like the Spurs, where it's just like learn how to be a professional, how to mm. act like a professional basketball player, I think goes a long way. I think it's a reason why, you know, you see guys like Garrett Temple still kicking around in the NBA. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Ish Smith has to be a similar story. Jeff Green. Jeff Green, same thing. Like you can you can go a long time being a good vet in this league and uh there's definitely some value there for him, but you know, a team isn't going to make a move based off of that being the thing that Harrison brings to the team. No. No, so unless that's you're just another, trying to you know ship off money or something, that's another name. Would you be interested in maybe some picks for Kyle Kuzma since the Wizards right are probably just trying to get younger at this point? Yeah. It makes sense. That makes a little bit more sense. You can throw in some picks, and it's also an Eastern Conference team, so you don't really have to be worried about mm-hmm. you know that coming back to bite you too often. Like it's already bad enough the Halliburton talk, but we only at least we only have to play him twice a year. You know, if he were you know, in the in the West, and you might have to do a playoff series against that guy or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think picks are, are more than okay. You're not really concerned with the Wizards, you know, coming back and, and biting you in the butt behind later. Um, I think so, but again, it still becomes the question of what it, what do we have that that you guys would be interested in? Because as much as we just said, Harrison doesn't really provide value to you or to to them. He is the contract that makes the most sense to involve in that deal. You, you get a good chunk of that money gone. Kyle Kuzma, I think, makes $25 million a year. So even if you didn't throw HB and you did throw Herter in there, you still need another $10 million to kind of bridge the gap and have it make sense. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the, the trade's going to be there, which is kind of the common theme with this this off se- or this or this trade season. Uh, but I like the fit. I think Kyle Kuzma is a dude who you could convince him to commit a little bit more on the defensive end. He's long. I mean, when we saw him the other day, I think you and I both said, I did not know Kyle Kuzma's that tall. Right. Like, he's right. a legit 6'10", 6'11", yeah. it looks like. He's a vert? He's Super vert. definitely a vert. Because he had, he had Keegan on him. Yeah. And, and that's I how was, you could really tell. He, and we sat there and said, he is kind of towering over Keegan. Like kind of a full head tall. And like Keegan is six seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so no joke. yeah, that that's a guy that you would definitely be interested in. And Young again, too. all these guys you're interested in, but what are you willing to yeah. give up? That is, like you said, the theme of this trade season. I wonder how much we gotta get to a break, but I wonder how much it matters to make these trades 
during the season versus after. Because mm-hmm. once you're playing right. and you really, it, it's got to be so much harder when you're doing this within the season. For sure. Yeah. And it's because valuations know, change yeah. mid game too. Like if Kevin Herter starts getting hot for mm-hmm. four or five straight Can't games, like yeah, it's like it's just things change so quick. And that's a good point with Kevin Herter. I don't. This might be the time. It might, yeah, because of how poorly he's playing, and like, yeah, I mean, once he starts shooting well again, it's it, you know you, you still need shooting. You right. still need shooting on this team, and. Uh, I think Kevin can still definitely hold some value for these guys. It's just, yeah, I mean, while he's not making his shots now, feels like the right time to kind of separate and, and, yeah, let him figure it out somewhere else or, or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he's not going to figure it out here, it's to me, I mean, that's I, I would look to, at the very least, even if it is for one of those smaller moves, if, if Kevin's not going to figure it out, I do think him and HB are, are the two that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. To, even if it is a fringe move, I think those two contracts make the most sense to move on from. Right. The question is, are you willing to, okay, maybe we could have gotten something else, but mm-hmm. we're just going to be happy with this and just and just move forward. All right. Got to get to a break. When we get back, our dog of the game for the Kings versus the Hornets. We're also talking bowl games. Do you still care or is college football ruined because of the NIL? Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins. Sacktown Sports taking up to 2 p.m. Shout out to Nate Littlefield doing his thing. Thank you, Nate. You've been great all day, as always, as we are taking you up to 2 p.m. Getting ready for the drive, guys, who will get you ready for Kings Hornets. And it is time. For the first dog of 2024. Let's do it. Now, my question. Yeah. Since it's a new year, Mm -hmm. can I maybe go back? Nate, what do we want to say? Nate, let's get the music going. I feel like it should be a no. I feel like we're still doing you some help here. Yeah. I I think I'm done. I mean, if that's where you want to go, I guess we can't stop you at this point. You think him going to the bench has made him better? Is that your theory? I don't know. Can you, you present can an argument? It. Present an argument, and no, then me and Chris. Because I'm not even gonna go with him. Yeah, don't. I'm going with the revenge game. Oh, of Malik Monk. Ooh, a little humdiddly. A little humdiddly. How close do you think he is to getting six man? Uh, Every he's time close. I check, he's top five at yeah. least. Yeah. You know, you just got to be in the conversation, but it's tough. I mean, I saw Jordan Clarkson got a triple-double last night. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr.'s putting up crazy points. Kyrie needs to come back so Tim Hardaway <laughs> can do less. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if Quickly comes off the bench for uh, Toronto. I saw the other day in his first game he started, but Quickly is someone who's taken a lot of votes away from Malik and kind of also takes, like, there's the, the Clarkson sixth man where you're really just – coming in for buckets and then there's like the quickly monk where those dudes every night are putting up at least you know 15 and 5 every night and so you know if, if quickly's kind of out of the race then i think it helps malik a lot austin reeves is a problem i'm looking here sure. i see austin reeves 
Tim Hardaway. These are all guys with better odds than Malik. Austin Reeves, number one. Tim Hardaway, Jr., number two. Cole Anthony, number three. Who will get to see him up close and personal tomorrow night. Bogdan Bogdanovich. Ooh, yeah, that's good. And then after that, you have Malik. Then after Malik, you have Emmanuel Quickly, Bobby Portis, Mm. Benedict Matherin, Nas Reed, Norman Powell, Karis LeVert. Trying to think if, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the situation. Like, I don't know if six-man of the year, do they factor in team success at that point? You'd have to. A little bit, right? Like, you can't just... Be coming off the bench for you're a crap cook- team. I mean, like, yeah, you're just like, cooking, but right. good for you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now we'll see. I mean, Maliki keeps doing this. He'll definitely be oh, in yeah. that conversation. So that is my dog of the game. It's a good one. It's a really, really good one. Um, trying to think where I want to go. I, I talked earlier about. I think it's going to be more of a other guys kind of night. Mm. I'm just trying to think which other guy I want to go with. Um. You know what? No, let's not go with another guy. Let's go with Sabonis because, you know, it, it feels so easy to just kind of overlook him uh, on a night like tonight. Again, thinking about the other guys a lot, but it should also just be a day where it's easy for Doma. Like, kind of like what we saw in Portland where it's like, okay, so they clearly just have no bodies to throw right. on him. I mean, even in Memphis the other night, he got 20 rebounds, which is I'm pretty sure a season high. Just nuts. Um, I'm going to go with Sabonis. I don't think Nick Richards and P.J. Washington and I'm trying to think of the other bigs that uh, that Charlotte has. I mean, they just don't really have the uh, the big men that would uh, that would be necessary to slow down Domas. Yeah, Mark Williams is out. Nick Richards is a tall, lanky guy. Can't really bang with Sabonis. P.J. Washington is a stick. He's not going to stand a chance. So I'm going to go Sabonis. There you go. I'll say right. another triple-double, too. Another triple-double. Yeah, easy one. A, lo- a lower one because he's not going to play in the fourth quarter. Manny Too Legit from the SAC chat says, Keegan, got to go with good Keegan one. Murray. Yeah, Keegan, it might be time for a, a Keegan heater. He's yeah. at the 47-pointer. And I I feel like he had tw- he's had 20 since then, but he has been relatively quiet. Yeah. Yeah, especially once you once you drop 47, it just you know you're kind of expecting. He had 25 the next game, uh, 13, 21, 20, and then the last three games, five, nine, and ten. Okay. So he's definitely due uh, for a big one. I'm looking at his three point numbers too. He is in his last three games, four of his last 17 from three. And that's a big part of this whole back to back thing as well. The inconsistencies when you have. A team that shoots so much right. and at such a high va- volume, yeah. the idea of them being able to okay be hot for two games back to back, and the legs are involved. Yeah. That is, I think, another reason why they struggle. The pace that we talked about being what are they number three in pace, right? Uh, yes, in terms pace, of like miles actually traveled. Yeah, that definitely affects you on the back to back. But I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. But we can't even talk about the second half of the back back Ugh. until they take care of business tonight so good on you so you have Sabonis I have Malik Nate who do you have I'm gonna steal your last dog I'm gonna go Trey Lyles that's a good I'm one I, yeah I think he's kind of getting into, into his groove here yeah he's getting his bag there he, I say. he's getting into he's getting into his bag and the lineups that he gets played with they have no choice but to let him shoot yeah. it's not disrespectful oh. but everybody is just rotating and the ball just finds itself 
in Trey's hands. And he's getting, that's the thing, he's getting about what? At least three open threes a game. Right, he's not, I'm not yeah. saying he's making them, oh, but yeah, yeah. he's, he's going to get at least three open looks a game. It at also least. seems like maybe for the first time this season, he's 100% healthy. Yeah. So like right. he, everything's clicking with him. So right, because what was it? Paid, it was his know? calf that he missed yeah. those games for. I mean, yeah, that's, that's going to take some time, right? Yeah, that's annoying. Okay, not great. So Trey Lyles there. I see. I also see from the. 209 De'Aaron Fox of course, course. you can always course. go with De'Aaron Fox from the 916 you get a call with Alex Len okay I see you working there and again from the 916 another call for Keegan Murray so Keegan I think I think we're definitely due either tonight or tomorrow night something from yeah. Keegan matter of preference here on nights where you play the Hornets of the world do you feel like, let's just say, if you were running a 2K sim and this isn't real, you don't have to think about personalities and all that stuff, would you rather your stars take care of bad teams and then you need him? Are you? Would you rather have your star take a night off like tonight because everyone should be able to kind of get theirs a little and you know maybe tonight's a good opportunity for Keegan to lead the load a little bit and then tomorrow when you're with a more difficult opponent you lean on your star a little bit much or is it the opposite where you say hey like can you you know this should be easy for you tonight dear and I'm looking for you to get 40 tonight because it's going to be easier than most nights and then maybe tomorrow we can you know try and a, we can have your back a little bit more tomorrow where you might need a more right. of a group effort. I think in a perfect world, it would be that the... Right, not that they struggled, yeah. right? Not that the Stars struggled, but you just kind of like, deferred yeah, a little bit exactly. more and exactly. you should still be okay. Because the last thing you want is for De'Aaron to drop 45 tonight, be on a heater. Yeah. Because we know he's not going to do that two nights in a row. Right. And now you have a I don't game. I know anything at this point. Now, that's true. I'm not going to say I know anything But with the that, thought man. process of, <laughs> yeah. yes, the thought process of, man, he was on fire yeah, tonight. Right. And now you got the magic coming into town. And it's like, well, he just bought out for us last night. It's like, yeah, but you didn't need him. Right. You didn't need him totally. to do that. Yeah. You know, so hopefully. Rather save the tank a little. Yeah, hopefully it's a lot of others tonight and the Kings can, can rest their guys at least somewhat of the fourth quarter and get ready for this back-to-back. Also going to keep an eye on the Magic yeah. Warriors game. And right. we we said, you know, if the if the Warriors took care of business the last time they're in this situation <laughs> with the Celtics, yeah, I was trying to you were going to have to thank <laughs> the Warriors. And they yeah. did take care of business. They took them to overtime, but it still didn't make a difference. Yeah. So Real so, quick on the Warriors, I yeah. saw they were plus 3,000 to win the title this year right now. So you want to just burn your money? It's not happening. Yeah. Okay, all right. Set it on fire. Not when, unless there's a trade. Yeah. And I don't. And I think they got worse assets than the Kings. I mean, yeah. We, now that we know what the price tag is, right? Masai is not picking up the phone for yeah, Kaminga and Moody, and Moody or for so. Pascal. Mm-mm. Maybe Caruso. No. And if I'm trading, making any trades with the Warriors right now, you know what the first thing I'm asking for is? Hmm. Let's see, it's 2024. Let me get that 2028. Yeah. Let me get that 2028 first round pick from you, because right. you know I, you know, I, I, I can I do so. I can do some math here. And Steph Curry, 36. Okay, yeah. uh, I can I can bank on him probably not being LeBron and mm-hmm. not playing while he's 40. Yeah. What, what's up with that Warriors 2028 first round pick? 
And then maybe, yeah, Kaminga and Moody. Now you have my interest. And I would do it if I were the Warriors because I think you got to – you got to you got to get everything out of your superstar, but yeah. So we'll see what happens. They recently lost. Who'd they lose to? They lost uh, the other last, day. Yeah, they last lost. week they lost to somebody. And oh, it was the Heat. It was the Heat missing right. Jimmy Butler. Yes. It was the Heat missing Shout Jimmy out Butler. Jaime Hawkins, by the way, he's balling. Just an absolute maniac. He, he was taking one pick before Pajemski. Was he really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you oh. go. All right. So Got to get to a break real quick here on the sack chat. We have Emmy who says Sasha will have a big night. Sasha mm. Zankoff. And we have Scooter saying, I'm going to go out on a limb and say HB Harrison Barnes has a big night love tonight it. as well. All right. Got to get to a break. When we get back, continuing to get you ready for Kings Hornets and a little bit more football talk. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. 15 more minutes with you. Getting you ready for the drive, guys, with Whitey Gleason and Kyle Draper, who will get you ready for Kings Hornets. We talked a little earlier about college football and bowl season and A lot of people are complaining about the opt-outs. A lot of people are complaining about the transfer portal. And, you know, this this holds a special place in my heart uh, because when I played baseball, there was no transfer portal. And I almost wish that there was, but I think that it goes a lot deeper Then people just saying, because I was watching something during the break and Billy Donovan was on a podcast who obviously coached at Florida. Right. And he, the idea that a lot of people say is that it's, it's, it's removing players from competition and it's making it easy for players to run from competition. And the one thing Hmm. that I would say is that, I don't necessarily disagree, but I would say that if you're going to say that, we also need to address the over-recruiting. Yeah, that's the thing. And the problem is that these coaches, they have no loyalty to whoever, and they mask it as competition. Yep. But you're always looking for the next best thing. Yeah. And I think the transfer portal, maybe back in the day, I know they, you know, they would have scouts flying on planes, things like that. Now you don't even need to do all that. The ability to recruit is so much easier with social media. They're just sending all these kids in. I mean, you see Alabama guys, and oh, that there there's a top five, you know, there's a five star, there's a five star, there's a five star. Yeah. So for me, if you're gonna say that this is teaching kids to run from competition. We also have to make sure that the competition is realistic. Yeah, right. right. These coaches aren't cultivating relationships. I saw one guy, was it Virginia Tech? And I reposted it as well, who, or I believe it was NC State. And the coaches came to him asking, hey, what is it that you're going to, that you want to do? And he said, I want to stay. And because I guess they didn't, they didn't feel like they saw enough. 
They told him to ant- enter the transfer portal. Right. So I just I think a lot of this is one sided. Totally. College is a college football, college basketball is a mess. It's a mess right now. And I think that part of the reason that I wasn't I didn't feel as connected to watch the bowl games was because there is something different than oh, well, this freshman, this guy finally got a chance as a junior, or this freshman, this, they're all transfers, yeah. right? So I agree that it's tough, but at the same time, unless you're going to put rules in this recruiting, you got to give these kids the same type of freedom because these coaches are not loyal to them. Not at all. They're not letting them, and it's not a matter of, well, so-and-so's not, not good enough. You're not letting them... You're not letting them grow because they're always looking behind their back. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think the the point that you make about the competition, like people saying like they're running away from competition. Mm -hmm. Well, competition's helpful if you eventually can get something out of it. But it's like if you're going to Georgia and you're a four star Mm -hmm. and there's two five star guys in front of you. Yeah. Like, you're still a Georgia recruit. You're still a guy who got a scholarship to Georgia, but you're never going to play. And so, like, how is it not? I would say it's more beneficial for that kid to take that year of competition and then say, I just went every single day against five stars left and right. I was competing left and right. I learned from the two guys ahead of me. Now I'm going to go to NC State, and I'm going to go and actually put some of that competition to use because in the past, what, that dude would just never see the light of day. I mean, there's guys like the Alabama running backs, Josh Jacobs. It was a A plus that he wasn't able to play his first, whatever, two or three years at Bama. So he was able to have more run in the NFL, and it's the same thing with LSU receivers and you know even Alabama receivers for mm-hmm. a portion of time. To me, it's just giving kids opportunity, and of course, there's going to be a stray situation here or there where a kid you know maybe had a, an open lane and and you know still decided to transfer on. But I think for the most part, almost universally, this is this is a lot better for the student athletes and. I feel like, uh, you know, as as tends to happen when money gets involved, it feels like that part is, as always, has just kind of been put on the back burner is what's actually best for these kids. And I think them taking their careers, essentially, in their own hands is absolutely what's best for them. Yeah, and you have – I'm just double-checking here – and it says, in most cases, this is from fanarch.com, when an athlete decides to transfer one school to another, they can enter the transfer portal just once during their college careers. This initial transfer is the most common scenario where an athlete decides to leave their current institution and seek opportunities elsewhere. What I think also goes on is if a coach leaves, if a coach leaves, you're allowed to leave. So there are different yes, yeah. rules. But that was also, I believe that was also before. You didn't yes, have yeah, to. Yeah, that was always the rule, right? Because I do think there are there are people that are using this and abusing it. Like, of course, I don't, yeah. I'm not. I used to know how to pronounce his name, but you know, after he after he left Clemson, I decided. I'll, oh yeah, I'll, I just saw him. Uyunga uh, Gale, yeah, DJ. He's transferring again. Now, right? Yeah, he's transferring now to Florida State. That's his third school. Interesting. Yeah, brother. What? Yeah, to me, you should because at that point it is free agency. You're no longer yeah. like actually. You're just collecting swag. You're just. Collecting. I just want to play in every conference. Yeah, and well, and that's how you end up with like I think overall lessening the college product too. Because I mean, who was? I don't even know if arguably like who who was the best quarterback in college football this year in terms of the actual season? Like mm-hmm. Bo Nix, and mm-hmm. he was 24, 25 years old. Yeah. And that's how you end up with those kind of situations where yeah, if you have you know. 
DJ or, you know, and he's transferred two mm-hmm. different times already. And he's now 24 years old. And that's, you know, that's the predominant, you know, uh, uh, move in college is now almost to, to be older so you mm-hmm. can have success. I don't think that's better for the game of college football either. No, and he's not even doing anything. No, I mean, no, it's nothing spectacular. Know, yeah. No, I mean, I I think they were in a bowl game, but it's just there are there's always going to be people abusing it, yeah. and they probably need to figure out certain rules. Right. But right? then you have the positive, the flip side of it. You have Michael Penix, who was yeah. two seasons at Indiana, right? And he, I mean, he got. I, I was just reading a, a, a Twitter thread from a ton of people who saw Penix mm-hmm. at Indiana and were like, this dude was running for his life yeah. at Indiana. He had two knee surgeries, really just kind of threw off the trajectory of where people thought he was going to go. But then you see him take advantage, put this again, put his career in his own hands mm-hmm. and say, all right, I chose this really bad situation where I have no offensive line help and I look like a bad quarterback. Let me go to a situation that probably has the best offensive line in college, and mm-hmm. you see what he's done at, at Washington now. The dude probably after yesterday, I think he's going to be a first-round pick. I know before he was kind of projected as a early second. I, I think that that's like the positive side of, of this transfer portal and stuff is, is, again, these kids putting themselves in the actual best situation to succeed. Yeah. I think you can change it up a little bit, but it, unless you're going to do something about the over-recruiting if you're going to complain about it, complain about both. Don't just complain about the kids being able to do whatever they want. We already know the coaches leave whenever oh, yeah. they feel like it, yep. right, or they get more money. So just keep the same energy for everybody, and hopefully college football and college sports can, in general can get back to where there is a sense of familiarity. And, yeah. oh, we've seen this kid grow up, and we've seen this kid do this and that. Because now what they're doing is kids are using D2s and small schools basically as JUCOs. Yeah. Right. And just say, I'll go to a D2 just to ball out and then just get recruited to a D1, which is a whole nother situation for division twos. And how do you cultivate a program when people are using you unless you just evolve to that and say, hey, guys, it's part of the plan. If you don't. Yeah. It's like Kentucky. It's like we're we're signing up for the one and done. Right. We're going to have two years of studs and we're going to have. Two years of walk-ons, yep. right? And that's and that's basically it. All right, before we get out of here, last thoughts. This is probably the most aggressive spread that we've seen from yeah. the Kings. So the question is, yes or no, going going up and down the group. Oh, Nate, 16 and a half, do the Kings cover? No, I think they keep it within 10. Okay. I'm going to say 15. So I'm going to say no, the Kings don't cover. Wow. Yeah. This is it? This is it? Okay. Yep. Fourth quarter, you won't see De'Air. Fourth quarter, you won't see Sabonis. That's different, though. The Kings will win by 20 points. If you're going to beat a 16-point spread, that means, yeah, you have to be up by, like, 25. Yes. Because, you know, if you're not going to play anybody in that fourth quarter, there's probably going to be a little bit of, uh, you know, some They'll come back a little bit. Backups play a different game. They do. They really do. There you go. There you go. All right. That – That's it for us. We are taking you to The Drive, guys, with Whitey Gleason and Kyle Draper. Be sure to check them out. Listen right now. Styles and Watkins, thank you to Nate, our guy. And until tomorrow, secure the bag, light the beam.